This is GabNet, the great American broadcast network. Talk radio like you've never heard it before. Fresh from a snooze, it's The Exchange. I'm Rob Alfano. Wow. I woke up at 10 minutes to 9 here about 8 minutes ago. Ah! I want to talk to you tonight. Give me a call on Skype. Gabnet Live or 347-352-0079 is our phone number. It's a Monday, and uh, I always feel it on Mondays because the schedule gets all out of whack on the weekends. But uh, Monday night comes, and and I, you know, I woke up early, got to got to the office early, and uh, so when I got home tonight, uh, my wife is working until nine o'clock tonight. So what is a guy going to do besides uh, sleep? I don't know. Sleep. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And I woke up and I saw it was 13 minutes till nine o'clock. Luckily, I did not oversleep. I'm opening up Skype because I want to talk to you. Our Skype number here on the Great American Broadcast is GabNet Live. Or if you don't have a computer, don't want to talk on your computer and you just want to use your telephone, it's 347-352-0079. You could visit GabNet Live for more information about any of our programs here on GabNet. You can also um, join us via Skype there on the uh, on our website. There's a spot for you to just click the call button and you can join us. And at 10 o'clock tonight, we have the Ramble with Alex Bennett. He'll be here to talk about his, uh, could be his weekend, could be whatever he wants to talk about. But that's why they call it the Ramble. And it starts at 10 o'clock tonight. And then at midnight tonight on GabNet, it's Moose Poop Monday with Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. And uh, you, you don't want to miss that program either, okay? It's all coming up. Everybody here will have a citizen panel this evening that you can participate in. And we ask that you uh, you give us a call. Um, we have Rin on the phone as the citizen panel is open. How are you today, Rin? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing okay myself. I'm freshly... Um, yeah, you're becoming king of the naps. I'll tell you, it's that Monday night thing. I just... Uh, I can't help it. I, I, uh, my wife is working, so the house is quiet. Nobody's bothering me. There's, you know, it's just one of those nights where you just feel, oh, I, I just want to take a quick, you know, shut eye. I think, let's see, I probably went into the bedroom to lay down at about 7.15. That's pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up once, and I said, oh, I still got plenty of time. All right, I'm going to lay down again. And, uh I almost missed air. I imagine that I'm late to work. Where's work? It's two doors down. <laughs> We're joined by Doug Dupuy. Uh, we will be joined by Doug Dupuy. I keep getting fooled by that. It's always he's uh, second take Doug. So uh, <laughs> he connected. I accepted, and now he's got those little bubbles going there. Yeah. Um, he's gonna. It's gonna make a noise. And then he's going to disappear, and then he's going to come back. But uh, anyway, um, how was your weekend? It was okay. Um, nothing great going on. Just, um, you know, hanging out at home, watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, I did my, uh, I did my car this weekend. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. I, the weather's absolutely gorgeous. You couldn't even sweat. It was just that crisp fall weather. Mm -hmm. So just go outside and I did the top on the car. I, I, the two-stage, uh, um, I washed the car. Then I used this uh, uh, this two-stage cleaner, which did a beautiful job on the roof. I mean, it looks brand new. And I did and that. it's a 2010? It's a 12, 2012. Wow. I mean, the car is not old, let's face it. But I mean, yeah. even the difference when I, I did half the roof at a time, you could really see the difference. And so I did that, 
And uh, then I did um, the leather interior. And that you can really see a difference. That is just primo. I'm sliding around in the seat now. <laughs> Today I was like, whoa. I gotta make Suddenly sure I put, you're the passenger. What happened? Yeah, I got to put my seatbelt on extra tight. So, because uh, you do, you're sliding all over the place. The leather looks great. The car looks magnificent. It really does. Um, and I love my little, my little three-wheeler thing that I can sit on and ride around the car and 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 part and really pay attention to the detail lower because normally I'm bending and I'm going oh that's good enough but yeah. <laughs> that's because I'm bending you know but mm-hmm. I'm still sore today my god I am still uh, I am in such poor shape <laughs> I really I'm right am with you. <laughs> I'm just in such such bad shape that uh I, I'm I'm all aches and pains every time I stand up uh, I'm in aches and pains. Uh, this could be, I, I don't know, we're joined by uh, a Skype caller on the 347-352-0079 number. It might be Doug, maybe not. Yeah, yeah it's me. Um, for some reason, my Skype uh, keeps on saying the call failed. So oh, okay. Well, good to have I'll you either still, way. I'll still, keep, I'll still keep on trying. Man. Where are you? Are you, um, are you uh, out and about or are you home? Uh, no, I'm out and about oh. as usual. Okay. Uh, in the kicking town of uh, Danville, Virginia. Danville, Virginia. Yeah. How far is that from me? Um, you know where Martinsville is. I've heard of it. I've heard of Danville too. I mean, uh, you know, and Danville's near the North Carolina border. Oh, okay. Like you're the, way yeah, south. Reesville. Okay, you're way south then. Yeah. No, all right. Just curious. I was going to invite yeah, you over anyway. and have you come sit in. If you're close enough, if you can't connect. You're going to go lock the door. I just put, <laughs> I just put a second mic here, uh, but uh, not where you are. So yeah, I, I did the work on the car this weekend, Doug. My, I'm all sore from it, but the car looks amazing. It really does. Car looks amazing. What did you end up using on it? So I used all Chemical Guy products. I'm, I should call Chemical Guy and say you got to throw me some freebies because I'm I am talking up their yeah. products. They're they're inexpensive and they're easy to use. And like all of the products that I bought, like the leather cleaner, it's a two step cleaner. It's a clear liquid that you spray on onto a microfiber towel and you you wipe you wipe the leather nice and clean with. Um, and mm-hmm. then there's a bottle of the conditioner, which is a big creamy uh a bottle they're they're both big bottles and you just you just take a couple of dabs like three dabs on the uh on a on another microfiber towel and you you work it into the leather and the leather gets nice and uh buttery i mean it really does and i mean i've got enough to do an army of cars so and and i think it cost me 17 bucks for that treatment so I mean their products are 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 high strength so you use very little of them and they're not expensive and they are uh they they're very effective so and I bought a detail spray that you just you just spray on the car and it puts a really nice coat of wax on the car after I washed it I put that on and they just wow oh you didn't you didn't you, you only used a spray wax on it I already had a heavy coat of wax on it from 2 weeks ago Oh, okay. So this is a, uh, a, uh, like, just a... uh, When you wash a car and dry a car, this this is a nice little finisher on the car. Really, it really does it up. Yeah, you you mix it on and you buff it off. Hello, Charlie. How are you? Hi. Doing great. Very cool. Very cool. Nice to have everybody here this evening. Um, I don't want to talk about cars all night long. Hey, I... uh, I'm going to try again on Skype, so that might hear some background noise. Okay. Um, I... uh, I mentioned it last week. I I bought was it Friday? I think I bought six audio books from Audible, and um, and I I finished the. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Now I I, I I'm not going to say that I know every Beatle record, and I I mean I have every Beatle record, yeah. But I'm not like one of these guys that knows all of the. the, the, the bootlegs and the imports and the. Mm-hmm. But I'm fascinated by the Beatles. Be, I'm fascinated by them in, in many ways. And so this particular book is called Here, There, and Everywhere, uh, My Life Recording the Music of the Beatles by Jeff Emmerich and Howard Massey. Um, I finished it so fast 
because I mean I couldn't even stop listening to it. It, it is fascinating because you're listening to this guy Jeff in in his memoirs talking about what it was like to be in a recording studio at at EMI Abbey Road to record all of this music. Whether he was a, 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 an assistant, which was the early early days of the Beatles, and then I think starting around Rubber Soul or or for sure Sergeant Pepper's, he was the main engineer. And it's all about the 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 the, the how the band got along with each other, um, the dynamic in the studio, who was who who took charge in the sessions, um, where the conflict was, what happened when Yoko started showing up. It was fascinating. I mean, and I, wow. I, I the book was just fa- it went so fast. It's and and it, what's cool about it is I got to cut up a piece of the audio to play because this guy does he's British. And he does, um, you know. When you, I, I I did some research into doing audio books, reading audio books, you know, for a living, and uh, it requires a bit of acting, not over the top acting, but like it requires you to, to when you when you're when you're uh, when you're doing a narrative of, of of a character, you need to do something with your voice. You need to change it up. But he had that way of doing like John Lennon. Where he would go into the thing, blood, and he, and just the way he he it was just funny to listen to. It was really it was an entertaining book. I loved it, and uh, so I finished that um, Saturday during the day. I finished it. It was just went so fast, um, and then I I started the uh, I brought up that comment on I think Thursday night's program. I brought up that that comment that I. Uh, I think I still have it here. The one by Dennis Leary, the one that said, um, it, this country, including you and most of the people related to you by birth or marriage or both, is populated by beings who have been so blessed for so long that they have become almost completely immune to any interests other than their own. That's a quote from uh, from uh, uh, this guy, Dennis Leary, uh, in his book, Why We Suck. And, uh, and 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 that sounded interesting, so I bought the book, and I and that was the second book I started to listen to, and I I fell asleep during it. Um, oh. I fell asleep during it because it's Dennis does his own narration, and that's fine. He's got a a comedic type. I think he's a comedian, Dennis Leary. He right? is. Yeah. Yep. That, um, and so he does this in a comedic. Um, a t- tenure, you know, a t- uh, what but would you call it? He was using his timing. Yeah, and 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 it's written in his words, so it kind of works to do that. But it's rapid fire, and because it's rapid fire, there's to me, I find it very difficult to stay focused on it. It's, it's like a metronome. Yeah, there's no nuance. There's no storytelling. It's just like one long routine. And uh, I found it boring. And uh, I, I also found that I just didn't care enough about the subject matter. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, 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 I'm having trouble getting back to that one. And so, But I've got one more Beatle one that I bought, which I'm looking forward to. Um, the Intimate Life of Paul McCartney by Howard Sounds. S-O-U-N-S. So, S-O-U-N-E-S. So I'm going to – I'll get to that one again soon. But um, Doug, go ahead. Yeah, if uh, I hope this doesn't bore you or anything like that. But I had kind of a funny thing happen on Friday night. Uh, there's a local talk show I call into in the morning. This guy was the you know, up and coming, wants to be the next Rush Limbaugh, but he's nice. He lets me say my piece. He doesn't interrupt me and all that. We do. You know, we do hey, Doug. Doug, I got I got to interrupt you because we're going with Doug. <laughs> I can't hear you. Doug, you might as well call back on the telephone because uh, okay. you're. I'll do that. We can see you, but it ain't working out. Okay, you're gonna call, call back. back. Call back and tell your story. That's fine. So uh, Doug will call us back. <laughs> <laughs> how do you hang up on an individual person here? Oh, that's how you do it. There you go. But uh, <laughs> I think I did that. I'm mean, gonna be coincidence. But Maybe he did it. He might have done it. I, I, you know. But uh, so, how was your weekend, Charlie? Oh, it was great. Um, what did I do? I didn't do much anything except watch TV, watch football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, if it wasn't for the car, I did the same thing, you know. Beautiful weather. I, I love this weather. The fall weather 
Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. What kind of what kind of temperatures do you get in Austin, Texas? Uh, high about like 82 and gets down to about 60 at night. We've already been down to the 40s. Yeah. So it yep. got oh. it's gotten cold. Get up in the We've morning. Been below freezing. Yeah. Oh, we didn't dip to below freezing yet. They they threatened it yesterday saying if you have any uh uh you know if you have Plant. any plants you need to bring in, maybe you should consider it, but I don't think it got that low last night, but it was pretty close. Doug, you back? Still pretty warm. Yeah, I'm back. It's still pretty warm down here now because I I know it's early, but I did a pumpkin carving on Saturday and it's already you no know, good. So, um but anyway, uh and I probably ought to maybe take that um you know, Skype problem I has maybe a maybe a sign. Maybe I shouldn't tell the story. Now I don't think that your problem is Skype. I think your problem is um, you know your your hourly stay rate motel. Yeah, <laughs> and the Wi Fi there. She Actually, this was yeah. Well, well, anyway, but my quick story though is I that Friday I talked to um, gave a call on his show and we pretty much got in a shouting match because he's one of these guys that like oh Reagan's the greatest thing in the world and I kind of reminded him. Hold on, you got it. Hang on a second. And, you got into a shouting match with him? Yeah, with this talk show host. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say shouting. You know, we both, you know, had our voices elevated trying to talk over one another. Right. And um, so anyway, but I, my that wife and I go so down. so well for you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> I've had lots of practice. Well, um, I, I, I don't ever remember you and all the conflict and all the issues. You know, you get you get when you have a few too many. We all know that you you interject and you say things, you know, maybe inappropriate timing or whatever. But I don't ever remember you yelling on any of the programs oh. here. Oh no! I never yell. I'm yeah. not really yeller. So yeah. you, so you got to yelling again with this guy. Maybe not. Maybe maybe yelling is not a good word. Maybe a little animated. Okay. Conversation. Maybe that might be a little better thing because he didn't hang up on me. It wasn't like rude yelling or. But anyway, so my, I take my wife out downtown for uh, dinner, and we're part of this section of downtown. It's a pretty hoppy. Uh, I mean, you know, hopping downtown as the traffic and all that, but not like overwhelming like a Chicago or anything. And my wife and I were walking up the sidewalk, heading to the restaurant, and who's walking my direction? That talk, that talk show host. How do you know? How, where have you oh, seen I've him? Seen, I've seen pictures of him before, and he's on Don't Facebook and stuff him. like that. And, yeah, I stalked him. That's what it was. No, um, <laughs> nah, but it was funny because he's walking down, and, and this guy, I think he was, like, emceeing somewhere or something because this guy was, like, just dressed to the hill. Like, yeah, the only thing that was missing from him, this guy was a captain's hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like you know, a white pants on, a blue uh, sports jacket with a, a little hanky sticking out of the pocket, you know, smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. and but I, I recognize him, and yeah, you know, I've only talked to him before, I've never met him before, so yeah, you know, I go, I go, I know that dude, and just a look on his face, like, oh, what the hell, <laughs> and <laughs> and I go up to him, I go, um, no, I'm your caller, Doug. And it was like, oh, hey, yeah, nice to meet you and all that. Because I, I think he, I called him today uh, just to say, hey, it was nice meeting you and all that. And I said, yeah, the look on your face was classic. It was like, yeah, who in the F is this guy here? And he goes, well, usually sometimes I run into people and they start yelling at me. <laughs> That's, I think, the risk you take when you do talk shows. Yeah. You know? So anyway, it was, it was nice It was nice talking to him and all that. And just, you know, I introduced him to my wife. And this was pretty funny. He says, my wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been calling him as long as you've been calling Alex, though. So he figured it out quick, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, as I said, this guy, well, anyway, it was just, this, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything negative about the guy. He's just wrong on so many things. Hey, have you have you heard, um, uh, not to change the subject, Doug, but. Um, I'm going to change oh, the subject. Please don't do, please don't do that. No. Has anybody? Um, I heard uh, that Fox TV is planning a television version of the movie Big. Oh, that's yeah. news to me. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, how about that? What do you think that'll be like? It wasn't that much information about it. Just that uh, it's something that they're going to do. I mean, what a great movie! It was. It, it's very situational comedy feel to it too. How do you sustain that? I mean, the way the movie works, you know, in the beginning, it's a it's a big thrill. He's getting play in, you know, the big world, but yet he's a big mm-hmm. kid. And how do you sustain that for a uh, for a sitcom? 
I, I that, that that one's got me. I'm just, uh, that, it, I mean, yeah. the, the uh, that would have worked really well in the eighties. Plus, it's a very iconic role. I think. Yeah. I'm yeah. Tom Hanks to pull that off. Yeah, yeah. a very iconic role. So I, I just that, that'll be interesting. I I uh, I just came across that the other day. I um, no idea how they're going to pull that off or what angle that they'll take with that. They have there has to be you some know, sort of angle. Yeah, you know, uh, Tom Hanks, maybe I wish they turned into a series, which would be a lot better than big, would be Bachelor Party. Uh, don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't think I saw that. <laughs> Tom, oh, you never saw, saw that. It was early. Yeah, it was early Tom Hanks. It was like one of his first movies called Bachelor Party. It's a real launching movie. Um, it's coming back hilarious, to me. Hilarious. Hilarious, though. Oh, Tawny Katane plays his, like, girlfriend. Yes, it's coming back to me now. I remember. Yeah, I mean they had like, yeah, they had the you know where the girls go to you know a male strip joint and Tom Hanks finds about out finds out about it and they send a guy out there with a uh, quite an impressive manhood you know with a laying on a hot dog bun. Mm-hmm. Serving I remember girls. it. So that- yeah, I remember it. That, that that would not make a good TV show. No. <laughs> Better than big. Well, Big was a great movie. I I just don't see how you could take that story about a kid who uh, becomes big overnight in size, but not in mental capacity. And then eventually he would learn. (laughs) True. I mean, yeah. I mean, he would either learn, which he started to do. But, you know, he, he missed his life. He missed his family and he wanted to go home. So, because he was a kid, right? I mean, you want to give up your life like that? I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a kid again. I, no, I have no, no desire to be a kid again. Me either. But uh, you know, I would love to go back to my twenties. Mm-hmm. I would love to start from my twenties and do it all over again. But I wouldn't want to be out wow. of control, you know, with your parents, you know, calling all the shots and being a kid again. But uh, I know what I day see I'd like eye to eye on that, Rob. What's that? You and I see eye to eye on that. Yeah, I, I mean... That, that not having any control of what your life was. Yeah, I mean, could you uh, imagine? You know, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah, how- I, I, yeah, I tell you the day I like to go back, and it wouldn't be teenage years or anything like that. It was 10 years ago. If I, God, if I could go back in time. What happened? Is it something I, you want to redo? or well, is- it was, Oh, yeah. I, re, I would tear up the contract I signed on a rental property down <laughs> in South Carolina. Uh, well, we I, that, that would be the first thing. I wouldn't even hesitate. So, you know, set the date, and I don't remember the exact date, but I know it was about 10 years ago. Set the wave back that machine. Date in there and go back. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. There. We all have those things that we would love to change, but sure. when you go back, there's no guarantee that you can that you would know any better. Yeah. There's no, there's no, I mean, you could say yeah, there's a guarantee of it. To me. You can say there's a guarantee of it because it's just as probable to go back not knowing as to go back knowing, and that's impossible, right? So, <laughs> but um, anyhow, I was just thinking about that. I, I thought that was interesting. Tom, a Tom Hanks movie is going to be a, t- a TV show. So I was, oh, Phil Meyer is joining us this uh, evening. That's well, an interesting picture, Phil. Yay, how you doing? Good, how are you? All right, I decided to change up the picture. What is that a picture of? Oh, um, it's a, uh, a homeless guy playing the drums in Golden Gate Park. Oh. Oh. Is that a freshly... Yeah, that's a pretty good picture there. Is that a freshly taken photo? Did that happen like this weekend? No, no. Uh, I didn't go to the uh, Strictly Bluegrass thing. I, I wish I did. Uh, that's in the park, the Warren Hellman uh, concert. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I might have my um, uh, feed on. Yeah, let me turn. I was going to say, I think I hear something competing yeah. with you in the background. Yeah, let me. Hey, uh, but it wasn't quite loud enough to, to actually hear it. Yeah, I, well, with the earphones on or the headphones, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. Uh, where's, oh, I can turn my camera on. There we go. There you go. All right. Uh, I, I had sent that picture to Doug, and he liked it. Yeah, I so. appreciate it. <laughs> I like that. That was another picture I like to. Yeah, well, I have three, four hundred of those. Yeah. <laughs> How was your you weekend, know, we Phil? We need no more clarity than that. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend, Phil? Oh, it was uh, it was nice. I had to work on Saturday, but um, 
uh, I figured after I heard the um, uh, the um, the uh, deal, uh, the amount of callers that you got the other day, I said, yeah, I should have tuned in. And, uh, uh, you know, so I wanted to make sure I was here today. I appreciate that. I want you to have another one of those. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both. You and me both. Um, Just sometimes it's like, you know, uh, just everything comes together so perfectly that nobody calls. And it's just the way it is, you know. It happens. Um, Over the weekend, I I had a... I, I, I worked on my car, but before I, I was going out to my car, I, I, I hopped onto Facebook and uh, I got lured into an argument. I, I hate getting into Facebook arguments with people. I just, I, I try my best not to, but sometimes I get suckered in and I cannot help it. These, this particular uh, thing on Saturday um, was uh, an old high school uh, I won't even say friend. I wasn't friendly with him in high school. It's just we all kind of friended each other on Facebook. It was just this guy. I know his name. I remember him from a couple of classes kind of thing. And uh, he posted um, he posted a video of um, uh, of uh, do, you guys, do you guys know who, who Judge Jeannie Perrine or Perrine is? Yeah. So. Or Piro. Yeah. What's her television. name? Piro? Piro, I think her name is. She's one of the uh, yeah, judges Piro. on TV. Yeah, she's a TV reality judge, and uh, she, I think, a judge, ju- like a Judge Judy program. Yeah. But she also has a commentary on Fox News. And um, he posted this video, and right there, on, as his statement, you know, his status, he wrote something, and with capital letters, everyone should must watch and think about and so i figured okay i'm a someone i probably should watch this and think about it so i did and um it pissed me off and then i was sitting here and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and i know i gotta go out to the garage but yet now i'm just texting you know typing here and don't bend your new phone. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of getting there, you know. I'm typing away on this thing, and then and then it so it got heated, you know. And 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 I I, I knew it was going to get heated, and, and and nasty words started to get said back and forth, and I avoid that. And those nasty words did not come for me. I don't like that. How how could it ever get heated over a TV show? Well, I'm going to play you the commentary piece. Oh, okay. Um, because, and I'd like your take on it to see in my, I'm not going to say a word about what I think about it, but uh, I'll play you this. It's a little bit long, but uh, nonetheless, uh, give this a listen. Tonight, America faces the single biggest threat in her more than 200 year history. Worse than what we faced in World War One, World War Two, the attack on Pearl Harbor and Al Qaeda on 9-11. I'm telling you, ISIS, if not already on American soil, will be here. They are coming. And whether they come as a legion or lone wolves, the damage will be painful and it will be extensive. It will happen here on our soil. You're fortunate that you live in a country virtually untouched by war, while in other parts of the world it's their daily fare. Except for military families, the horrors that we watch on the news could just as well be a world away. But now, this is close. The simple truth, we are not prepared and certainly not ready. Lone wolves arrested in Washington State, Rochester, New York, and Colorado. I've been telling you for months that you need to be afraid. Now she plays. Now you know me. These are repeats Most of the from time, old- I'm fearless. I've spent my life fighting, investigating, prosecuting, and sentencing the worst of the worst. But tonight, I'm worried. You may not know where places like Baghdad, Aleppo, Tehran, or Fallujah are. But if you don't think that what happens there matters to you, you're wrong. And I don't care if you live in Beaumont, Texas, New York City, or Anaconda, Montana. You need to be afraid. And what we need to do. My resolution? 
airstrikes. Bomb them. Bomb them. Keep bombing them. Bomb them again and again. And I don't care how long it takes. Just take out ISIS. Take out their convoys and take out those troops. You may have thought it was good TV, even entertaining. This is live again. But you now know it's not a joke. Two Americans beheaded by an English-speaking barbarian, a third a Brit, while a fourth is lined up for the most brutal, savage, end-of-life experience imaginable. These are not amateurs. They are experts at the systematic, pervasive torture, mass killings, rape, public crucifixions, beheadings, some even videotaped and used as a propaganda tool to entice those who believe in evil and want to impose hell on the rest of us under the guise of their God. The ISIS terror group owns oil fields. They have a corporate structure. And they bring in $3 million a day selling oil. They leverage technology to glorify and recruit more jihadists. All while the world watches while we dither and call them a JV team. But like a lion waiting to attack, they watch their prey. They analyze us. They read us. Do we act when Americans are in danger? Do we even react? Almost two years to arrest the Benghazi ringleader. They know our vulnerabilities and strengths. At time, they are one and the same. We are a free and open society with risks inherent in each. They know the border is not only open, they know they'll be welcomed with no papers at all. And this week's arrests in Australia magnify the global reach of ISIS, where random kidnappings and public beheadings were planned, all linked to ISIS. Their intent was to actually behead random members of the public. You, anyone. And they call these demonstration killings designed to shock and horrify. Yes, everything I've been telling you for months is accurate. You need to think September 11, 2001. You need to remember what it felt like then. Don't sit there and think the government has you covered. Hell, the White House itself and its perimeter were penetrated twice in the last 24 hours. And think Boston, as in Boston bombers. Two brothers, one a teen, here on asylum as victims of another country. We do everything for them. And when another country calls to tell us not once but twice that they're a terrorist, our FBI investigates and concludes that they're not. And when the older brother goes back and forth to the country from which he sought asylum, he's not stopped upon his return to the U.S. by ICE or Homeland Security. These two brothers had the whole city of Boston on lockdown with a couple of pressure cookers. FBI, state police, local police, ATF, all looking for one team. Do you think anyone would be able to respond to your needs in such a situation? Not a chance. No one is taking this seriously enough. If our government were listening, our borders would be closed. If our government were listening, we'd be bombing ISIS nonstop. And if they were listening, our president would be following the advice of the military experts united on the issue of boots on the ground. But instead... Our president thinks he knows more than the military experts. A disagreement highlighted this week and virtually unseen in American history. And if our government were listening, we would never have gotten out of Iraq the way that we did. With the consequences that George Bush predicted and even Leon Panetta said was a mistake. And if the government were listening, they would raise the terror threat level. When people are willing to commit war crimes on camera, they are not afraid of us. And if only you were listening this time, I'm telling you to batten down the hatches. Make plans to reach family members in the event of an emergency. Teach your children to be alert. Get supplies that might not be as easily available. Check what your kids, even teens, are looking at online. It's time for us to come together 
and take the threat seriously. And now I've got to go into the garage and work on my car. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, start with the Jews, I guarantee it. Uh, I mean, really, is this responsible journalism? They're, they're all doing that. I mean, all the other ones I listen to, it's the same thing. They're always saying we got open borders. We're going to give these guys Ebola and they're going to come on over and kill everybody that way. It's just all paranoia. And then they're pushing for you know, uh, survivalist stuff, you know, well, uh, preppers. I, I, I have a question. This, that. I have a question. If she's 100% right, if she's 100% right, and everything that she says is going to happen will happen, what fear-mongering, wh- where is that going to help anything? Right. This is going to happen. You need to get supplies, and you, yeah, let's, let's make a run on the stores. Let's panic the civilization let's panic everybody how this is allowed to be on a television network like fox or any other television network i don't have very much good to say about fox but uh, how is that allowed to even make it past an editor uh, an editor-in-chief it's also also on glenn beck's uh you know uh, news thing the blaze and like I listen, you know, I, I listen like a lot of that stuff, and it goes to his, you know, like, you know, serious sponsor. That's where they get their news from, not from you know um, NPR or anything like that. They get it from the Blaze. Every story has something negative about Obama, or somebody saying something negative about him, or you know, some opinion. It just it, it's it's just the steady drumbeat, and it's just probably price stepping up because we know you know elections coming up. Phil, I'd blame I'd, everything on this president. Phil, you know, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to hear your point of view. Well, uh, it was fear-mongering. And, uh, you know, f- um, maybe fear-mongering works on uh, the unwashed masses, I call them. Uh, because, uh, but I, I really believe that we need to be prepared. Some of the things that she said made a lot of sense. But I, I don't believe that fear-mongering is the way to express it. Uh, you know, she said that um, uh, that you need to bomb them, bomb them and bomb them. And now, I re- you know, I, I grew up uh, in the Vietnam era, and I remember them bombing the Ho Chi Minh Trail, yeah. mm-hmm. trying to stop the supplies. Didn't work very good for the U.S. I think that what we need to do is we do need to up, up – uh, we do need to improve our security. We do need to be aware and awareness uh, isn't necessarily productive when you're fearful. Fear is something that causes you to stop in your tracks and, and be helpless. Exactly. Uh, the, 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 way, uh, the way to win something like this is not to be afraid but to be prepared. And uh, uh, talking about that. The Gabnet store is going to have a discount on survivalist supplies, nine ninety five. Uh, two weeks. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, uh, but I, you know, I agree with her about the threat of terror on U.S. soil. I really do. I think I, that's uh, been we've known that since two thousand one. That it we, well, I tell you, I, well, I tell you what, Fox has really put a big effort, and all the other ones too, with this Oklahoma beheading. Trying to say, see, see, it's here. That's just a nut job. It's a copycat nut job. Everybody was trying to use the beheading to get ratings. It's not just Fox. Uh, you know, oh, I, Bob, I, but, I actually, but Fox was really drumming it up there. They're like, how come President's not saying it was an act of terror? And then uh, even Sean Handy today was like saying, how come the president didn't go to her funeral? You know, how, then, could, yeah. how could any self-respecting news service air that beheading? Uh, or, or uh, you know, or and give them this kind of press. Now, I believe that what we ought to do is go after ISIS from a financial point of view. She did say, "Hey, they're making three million dollars a day. That buys a lot of stuff." Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if uh, if they're doing it because they have oil, then you have a ship that goes to their uh, to their oil uh, uh, loading station. Take it out. Uh, if if you're going to deal with terrorists, you're not you're not going to have any ships. You know, pull up to the That's thing. A good idea. You know, That's just good idea. Uh, you know, if you can't get the oil from the field to the ship, then you can't sell it. 
And uh, if you can't sell it, you have no money, you choke them off. Uh, they don't have food. They don't have uh, hajibs and whatever else they want. And uh, and then they go home. But what do you what do you say to it? it is and, and this was my initial thought after watching it. Forget about what she said. But it it's it's the pre uh, it's the precursor. It's the it's the pre argument to the upcoming presidential campaign, and it's a way to scare people into a, a more conservative, more Republican course. Yep. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, that's so, what this is, plain and simple. But the Democrats did it in '64 with Goldwater. You know, they had the atomic bomb blast, and uh, <laughs> that you know, was a great said, commercial. <laughs> yeah, and they said, you know, do you want this guy, uh, you know, uh, with his finger on the button or something like that? Uh, you know, this is used by all entities. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that this is the way that they campaign, and they don't campaign on the on the issues. Uh, but it's just what. Uh, our country is here's the difference between what you here's the difference between what you just said and today about 1964 one was a paid advertisement the other one is a television network yeah it was an editorial and as an editorial it wasn't a commercial no no no, i understand that but she's she's sitting in a fox news desk it looks just like a Fox News television program. Back in the yeah, day, remember back in the day, I mean, you're old enough to remember, any time that there was commentary, there would be a word. Nothing else on the screen but the word commentary. Right. Those days are gone. There's a blur yeah. between, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You've got people, all of those people who, who were fighting us on Saturday, who were saying, you know, who were panicked, completely panicked. It, it it that's an it did say opening statements under her, and I kept trying to say to them, you know, I worked at I worked at Court TV for 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 four years, five years. Opening statements are not fact; they're not admissible as evidence. They are just it's a story that either side is trying to tell. Opening statements and closing arguments are nothing more than a supposition. What what that side is trying to prove. Right, they're not admissible. Nothing that they say is admissible evidence. The the the, the jury is they can not say anything they want. They can say anything they want exactly. So so this woman, who has a sketchy, shady past, by the way, she was. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, you want to know about a little bit about this woman? She she yes. uh, uh, sure. she has her own syndicated show. Um, but she's involved in a very New York centric story. Uh, she was a uh, prosecutor along with her husband, who was an attorney in Westchester County, New York. And uh, she was a very aggressive prosecutor. She had lofty political goals in the Republican Party. However, her husband's scandals got in the way of all of that. He was convicted of federal tax evasion and conspiracy, uh, which was really hurt her uh uh, legal and political career. Um, in the midst of her 2006 state attorney general campaign, she revealed that she was the subject of a federal investigation into whether she illegally taped her husband's conversations in order to catch him committing adultery. Her reputation as a telegenic, tough as nails prosecutor whose ambitions propelled her to seek higher office has always been at odds with her uh, other post persona, which uh, uh, was as a wronged wife who chose to stand by her philandering husband despite his admission of having fathered a child with another woman, convicted of tax fraud and uh, reputed mob ties. So um, she decided that she disappeared for a while and decided that, hey, let me go on Fox News and uh, and 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 spew my uh, my my whatever spin my tails and get a job uh and get a job on uh i don't know where her judge show airs it's a syndicated program i've never i don't yeah, watch I any of those fox yeah i've seen it a few times oh it's on fox news channel no not on the news channel but on oh, fox on, tv yeah fox tv oh, okay. i think but, but you know she's at the perfect network though the net, you know the same network that hires dick moore's well if uh, you Norris, if you haven't watched you know. out foxed on Netflix, oh, I've seen that Fox is great. If if you haven't watched that 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 documentary outfoxed, I, I, and you watch Fox News and take anything they say for granted, they believe anything that they tell you. You need to watch outfoxed 
because that'll change your opinion of because it 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 they there are so many people who work in the media who used to work at Fox who came out of there telling all these tales about how you need to be and what you need to say and what you don't need to say and how easy it is to get fired from Fox that it's a fascinating yeah, little, fascinating little dirty uh, secrets there's a ton of dirty secrets and a lot of these guys most of them didn't even appear as themselves for fear of being, you know, yeah. retaliation. So yeah. it's a scary there thing. Was like one, there was like one, I'm sorry, I didn't mean but there was like one thing that they, I remember from that movie, it was if you watch the Fox interviews, and they still do it today, you know, when they want to, they'll say, well, some people say, and then they'll say some, you know, wild conspiracy theory, you know, never saying who those people are. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, you can, you can ask any question by saying, well, some people say. So and that's exactly right. And and where I worked when I was at Core TV, the editor in chief was Steve Brill, who was a bastard to work for. This guy was feared by a lot of people. But let me tell you something. This guy was as upfront and he respected the media and news so much that I don't care who you were. You know, you hear you've heard reports. So well, sources say. He he would fire you if you used a term like that. If you couldn't come out and name your source, you were not allowed to report it on court TV. It's just the way it was. He believed in no jokes, no games, no – the news is the news and you don't play with the news. And and unfortunately, we live in a world now where 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 the six major companies out there own the entire news media – and uh, and they use it to forward their own causes. Phil, I'm uh, ready to testify. Uh, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> uh, against all of them. But you know, this this is supposed to give me a delay uh, and and cover up my voice and make it sound like uh, I am. Uh, are you getting that voice over over the air? No. What? Just yours. Do you hear my voice? Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm not getting the delay that I was supposed to get from position 14 of the uh, thing. Uh, it, it's, of the board. It, yeah, it's uh, it's the pitch shifter. And, uh, ah, the pitch shifter. Yeah. You know why oh. it's not working? Because, oh, uh, because I was using the wrong pitch. There you go. <laughs> now... Uh, now you have yeah. to turn down. You there have to turn you down your pot and bring up the the the. You turn down the regular pot and you bring up the 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 mix all the way, and that gets your regular voice gone, and all you have left is the effect. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to play with that. So you you want to you want that's what they were doing. That's what yeah. all these former Fox employees were doing. They they were they they disguised their voices. Yeah. They were off camera. Yeah. It, it, look, you know, Fox News is a joke. I don't care what anybody says, and I, and this is sort of really more than ISIS. What I wanted to discuss was, and not just Fox News, the media in general is just, we've lost our way. You can't trust you when you can't trust your news media. You know when I when I was a kid, Rob, they used to say, "Oh, if it's on TV, it must be true." Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, you know now here it is, thirty five, forty years later, and you can't believe a thing that anyone says. Well, uh, and 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 it doesn't matter. You know, I'm a conservative, so I look at things through my color of glasses. And uh, uh, people who uh, feel that the conservatives don't uh, are in the wrong direction look at their news uh, through their color of glasses, you know, rose-colored glasses. I don't want to see news through rose-colored, no, any I, kind I of colored either. glasses. I don't either. I like when news was news. Yeah. But, but the thing is, I see the same kind of taint from the uh, liberal uh, media oh, I'm that, not. that you see from the conservative media. Right, so right. It's, it's, Look, I'm know, not just attacking... It's endemic. You see, endemic. you're right. There's nothing, there's nothing comparison on the left that, you know, for what Rob just yeah. played. Not, me, nothing me, like, uh, nothing that blatant. Fox yeah, who, is just blatantly who's out that, there. Who's that guy uh, that got fired that Alex was talking about? Uh, not Baker, but uh, uh, he's on MSNBC, and he was a pretty visceral kind of uh, uh, guy. Uh, Ed something. Martin Martin's. Oh, Ed Schultz. Ed Schultz. Yeah, you know he he's he's visceral. Yeah, but he, he never yells. said anything quite like that. Uh, yeah, and plus he's no longer. I mean, he just has a TV show now. He's off the radio now. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. 
defending or, or saying that you should defend them. All I'm saying is... Well, I don't have a problem makes- with any of this on the radio because it's not on a news network. I have a problem with it on the on the 24-hour news networks. You want to do this on the radio and you want to do a talk show and you believe this and, and you're doing a show on GabNet and you really believe what this woman is, is you know, saying and you want to get on the air and it's your opinion. I'm not tuning into, oh, I think let's see what's on the news and I tune over to Fox and this is what I get. Well, I'll tell, you thing, I thought, I, I, I'll tell you one thing I thought that Fox was like very irresponsible on, and it was like on all the programs, it was sort of like, okay, this is what we're running with today. And it was when that, you know, the shooting over at Ferguson. You know, when that news came out that supposedly that the officer had a broken eye socket, and, and, and then some lady called up some show out of the blue, I believe that was Fox affiliated, to claim to be the sister of uh, the police officer's best friend or wife, you know, and tells a story, and, and they're just going out with it. You know, really no proof, you know, no betting. You know, is this lady really telling the truth, or is she just, yeah. But they just ran with that, and then they ran with the, you know, the cop having his eye all busted up, pretty much saying that's the excuse why he had to shoot so many times, because, you know, he was blinded and he was in pain and everything else. But then when I started coming out, that wasn't true. You never heard any apology or you so, know, so backtracking the, or anything like that. It, but they got it out. And so it's like, okay, fine. So it's not true. But here's hey, what I, got it out. Here's what I noticed today. We, have, uh, we leave CNN on in the lobby of my building, right? It's on a big screen TV in the building. And I, I walked by it today, and they were talking about um, sort of the same thing. You know, ISIS, you know, attacks are inevitable, blah, 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 whatever it was. I I didn't stop to look at it long. But what I did do right after I got back to my desk was I went to CNN.com. I went to FoxNews.com. I went to MSNBC.com. I went to Drudge Report. I wanted to see if there was a a true story there, if there was an actual story where they have where, where somebody is saying that we have this intelligence that says this is coming. Right. I didn't find anything. So now, here I am walking by a television set in a lobby with no sound on, and I see this, and what's in my head? You know, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's, it's all part of it. It's all part of the, the sensationalism of the headline that they put on the screen. It's that not even 30-second soundbite anymore. It's this three-second glance at a screen that says, oh, my God, we're going to, get, uh, we're going to be attacked by ISIS. You know, an imminent attack. Have a little bit. And I, again, that was CNN, right? That's not Fox. I'm talking, uh, it, it's all about gathering ratings. It's all, it has nothing to do with, with being, you know, they're not, they're not really the way in the old days the FCC controlled, you know, your news. You weren't allowed to have... Your news division could not be run by the entertainment division. Right. It, it, it was not there to get ratings. It was there to serve a public, the public trust, right? It was a frequency, yeah. although the networks never own frequency. Well, some of them do. But um, you, you, when the FCC doesn't go after the network, the FCC goes after the local stations. And you would just not be so cavalier about what you put out there because uh, there would be there would be some price to pay. Yeah, and I always find, well, I always, go ahead, Phil. I'm sorry. Oh, thanks, Doug. Uh, I thought it was a, a way of the stations filling time inexpensively uh, that they uh, that they began to put on news. But most newscasters, especially when I was uh, a kid growing up, they didn't even let you know what their political affiliation was, right. and many of them didn't vote because they didn't want to taint the way that they express the news. Yeah. And it certainly isn't what we have today. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I find, what I find funny is like when, you know, the Rush Limbaugh's came around and all that, and, you know, and they're, they're trying to get with this conservative movement. What was like the first, one of the first things they tried to go after? Defund public broadcast system. And I well, think what they saw was that news was kind of like, you know, competitive, you know, their competition that was getting, you know, some you know federal funding there. I mean, yeah, that wasn't the first time politicians like, oh, we got to cut that, we got to cut that, we got to cut that. Oh, I, I just think, them, I think that's just a, I think it's just because they don't like that type of news source. No, I don't think that's it. I think they just they're looking to cut. They were just, you know, they, they think it's money, not wealth. The arts is not something that the I hate to say this, Phil, but it, the arts are not something that the conservatives think much of. And they're and, the ones that pay for most of it. 
Well, but they don't seem to want to support it. They don't want to support public television. They want to cut sp- uh, spending to, to PBS and public television. I mean, they want, you know, it seems it's always the well, conservatives who want to cut your, who want to yeah. cut the taxes to schools so you can't have a music program and you can't have a, a you know, an art program. I mean, or cut, you know, or cut things for the Secret Service where all of a sudden now there's fewer agents and wow, how about that? You know, now, you know, we've uh, had some situations there. You know, in, well, we're the, morphing in the recent discussion. years, they've been making cuts all over the place, and they and they want to cut anything and everything that isn't necessary. Now, you know, it's always easy to compare and say, well, if they if we didn't go to Iraq, uh, then uh, you know we'd have plenty of money for uh, the piss Christ and the other things that uh, uh, PBS uh, and uh, uh, Robert Ma- yeah Robert Mapplethorpe Mayfield and, uh, right Serrano, so, yeah. So, you know, now, but on the other hand, I have no problem with the Mayfield work. I just don't want to pay for it, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, the, the piss Christ and the, and the rest of these things. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel that uh, those things should be funded uh, from uh, private sector. And uh, that I don't want a large government. I want a government that does the basics. And I, I want the rest of it to be uh, funded by those uh, by by the private sector. It's you know it's that's the kind of the difference between a conservative. Uh, uh, conservatives don't want uh, a, a government uh, handling all our uh, my business uh, now. How is PBS why? your business? Hmm? How is PBS your business? Well, it's not, and that's why I I, I shouldn't you know government shouldn't be in it uh, now. Uh, you know, I uh, just don't feel that. So you, uh, so you don't yeah. think that the public, you don't think that the government should help to educate, and you know, PBS is educational television for the yeah. most it is, part. It is now. Well, it, it is. It's it, been it does, for it does provide that. Yeah, and but and, why if that if there's an opportunity in the private sector to provide that kind of education, and there it can be monetized, then why not provide? Yeah. It well, the because what sector? happens if but nobody you remember PBS? You know, they don't get you know they get funding you know, from the taxpayer but they also have fundraisers too you know a couple times a year because they still need that money to operate so it's not and, like it's being 100 percent run by the government and 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 it should be funded uh, if they if they want to do it that way it should be funded either by their listeners or their advertisers and if they don't want advertisers which is what the uh public broadcasting uh had model uh, doesn't have advertisers. They have well, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad a small percentage of my money is uh, helping click and clack the Tapper Brothers. I agree. Well, I agree. You know, but if if you look at let's say those little dolls, the Muppets or puppets or whatever they've got, they make billions of millions of dollars uh, that could fund those shows, and they could monetize that very easily. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be a government sponsored. Thing you know, I mean, the government sponsors news in in the Soviet Union too, and uh, I you know, we don't like that. Uh, now, even even though, so we feel that the news that's being sponsored on uh, the public broadcasting is benign, but uh, it it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it really is. Uh, I don't. I just don't feel. I don't that think you could listen to the news. Should be spending its time. I don't think. I don't think you could listen to any news source. And feel like you're getting the real story, with the exception of maybe PBS. Well, I was yeah. told that uh, you know the Christian Science Monitor was the one that would give you the real news source. Oh boy! Uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I, I mean that, that that was their thing. Is that the, it wasn't a, it wasn't bent on uh, uh, on on things. You know, that it was supposed to be uh, neutral. News I, neutral. I I don't necessarily believe. I don't believe it either, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, but but you know, back in the days of Edward R. Murrow and and uh, the the you know the old timers and when when network television uh, first came around and and the idea of doing news was uh, you know came to be, the news was very cut and dry and it wasn't pretty and it wasn't funny and there wasn't infotainment. It was news. It was yeah. facts became a climb for ratings. It became a and climb for ratings, and it became a way to make a lot of money for television guess stations. what time it is? It is time for Alex Bennett's ramble, is what it's time for. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what I would do without you, Phil. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, pleasure. Phil Meyer, Charlie Wallace. Thank you, Doug. 
And thank you, Rin, for joining me this evening. Alex Bennett is next on the Ramble, followed by Moose Poop Monday, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content, and that's at midnight Eastern. I will be back tomorrow night, right here, 9 p.m. Eastern, with The Exchange. So have a wonderful night, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>